Welcome to Off the Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Deering, your advantage. Yeah, we are back for Off the Bench. Uh, thanks to our great mates at Hastings Deering. Without them, we wouldn't be here for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Deering, your advantage. G'day, Scotty Sattler. Hello, Jason, and also listeners. Yeah, it's been a huge week, hasn't it? And... Oh. If you ask to what you're looking forward to this weekend, which we're going to look at a little bit later on, it's what's going to happen over the next 48 hours in relation to the game of rugby league and and the players and their stance at the moment, which you know it's it's also divided a lot of fans as well. Sure has. You know what I don't want. To, you know what I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm not talking about television rights. Not talking about players revolting. All that sort of stuff. Yep. I, I just want to watch some docos. Put my feet up. You know, I'm not looking forward to doing the ceiling fans. That's the job. I got in trouble last night because I didn't do the ceiling fans last weekend. What, you installing them? No, cleaning them. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. I was about to say that's illegal, but anyway. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> can you can you tell my missus it's illegal for me to clean them? <laughs> she wants me to do them with them. You know mom. what? I was laying in bed the other night and looked up at the <laughs> ceiling fan. Now that you just reminded me. I just saw How that, bad that big, thick coat of... Yeah, of the gunk that just gets yeah. around the outside of it. And then we're wondering why we're sneezing every morning <laughs> with hay fever. Hey, uh, welcome to uh, Off the Bench. By the way, over the last few weeks, talking about doing stuff around the house, we've been talking about DIYs and all that. But God, I've never seen my house look so good. The, the lawn looks great. The gardens look terrific. You know, I cored my front lawn the other day. I've never cored a lawn before in you my do life. What? You know, when you get... You know, you put holes in it, like you aerate said, like, it, aerate it, yeah. yeah, like a putting green. And I did it with a with my own pitchfork, so I went in the whole yard with a pitchfork. So. There you go, farmer sats for you, because you've got you've got about six hundred hectares, haven't you? Where you are, seven hundred fifty hectares and yeah. about 10, 10 head of cattle. And it takes and ten minutes to drive down his driveway. It's <laughs> absolutely incredible. Now we've been talking about DIY, and and we're doing a makeover project to get excited about. Our friends at Beaumont Tiles have come on board, and we are going to give away two bathroom makeovers. They I can't 10 believe grand. this. Two bathroom makeovers. Hey, Can the same person win both bathrooms? Because if they've got two horrible bathrooms, can they win both prizes? Well, look, uh, check the uh, terms and conditions, Sats. I'm yep. not the. Uh, I haven't handled any of the illegals on this, so thanks for asking me that question. Uh, all you have to do is head to iCanWin.com.au, upload a pic of your ugly bathroom that needs a makeover, and tell us what your Beaumont style is, and you could be winning uh, one of those two bathroom makeovers valued at ten thousand. It's a great bucks. price. I was thinking about it in the shower today. I'll go, it oh. is an ugly bathroom when you're in the shower. <laughs> it's not very nice, is it? That's, that's horrible. Thanks, Beaumont. Time on Off the Bench to look back on the news of the week. So you say a photo of me in the shower, we'd be definite winners. You could be sitting in Donald Trump's bathroom. And right. it w- Again, that's offensive. You could be sitting in Donald Trump's bathroom and it would still be ugly. What's yeah. the what's the number to HR? <laughs> so hang on, Donald Trump being in that bathroom's not ugly. Yeah, true. It's, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. Mate, what's happening in sports news and NRL news? Yeah, well, uh, well, this weekend is really D Day, isn't it? For uh, not only the NRL, not only the broadcasters, and like you you just said earlier on, I'm sick and tired of talking about broadcasting and and players percentages and all that sort of stuff. All we do, all we know is the NRL have made a really good offer to the to the playing group. Uh, they at this stage have knocked that back. They want to see some some conditions, special conditions that are going to be adhered to, and they want some communication about that. And um, moving forward, also one of the 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 big uh, I suppose items that they need assured as well is what's going to be going on with biosecurity measures, because as of Monday, we're and at the moment I'm 
crossing my fingers and toes and legs and everything and hoping that as of Monday, all NRL players do go back to training. Uh, it looks as if the stages they won't. Um, but what biosecurity measures are they going to put in place for the players? And it makes me laugh a little bit and at this, Jace, because I feel as though that you can't play that card as heavily as what you would have been able to before the week's just gone with the Josh Adokar, Latrell Mitchell and the Nathan Cleary scenario. Who who gives them the right to stand there and go, listen, we're, we're not playing until you sort this out. So why don't you sort your own crap out first? Yeah. The, the players have just are behaving poor, poorly. I know we're talking about five players here, right, at this mm. stage, or four players. But still, how many haven't been busted? Exactly. And... and it's also causing a setback with the TV broadcasters now. Well, you know, there's a, a person on Twitter had a shot at me, and you get every right to. I put up an opinion just sort of saying, hang on a sec, you can't play that card about biosecurity now as one of your priorities because <laughs> three players basically spat in the face of our very simple federal protocols. And one person came back and said, hang on a sec, three out of 480, and you're basically finding everyone guilty. Well, unfortunately, the three out of the 480 that decided to to not abide by the rules gives the opportunity for all those governing bodies, like your government agencies, to say, you know what, we were going to loosen some protocols so this can go ahead, but because you're not respecting us, we're not going to respect your essential item, which is rugby league and sport. So it does give them the opportunity to say, you know what, if you're not going to follow our protocols, why should we follow your requests? Sats, I'm going to be really honest, and I'm a, I'm a massive rugby league fan like you. I want to see the game back on May 28th for various reasons, but I don't trust the players. And I'm not saying every single player, but you know, I do not the I do not trust the players to do the right thing uh, when it comes to biosecurity. You don't need total anarchy for everything to go pear shaped. No, All you need no. is a select few to ruin it for everyone. I'll give you an example. When when we used to go away as a playing group. And just so we went and played at the Brisbane Broncos and we played on a Friday night and the coach says, yeah, you can go out and have a few drinks as a team, but you've got to be back on site by 12.30. Yep. Everyone comes back at 12.30. Two players come back at 1.30. What happens to the rest of the group next time we go away? Not allowed out. You're locked up. Sorry, guys, because those two guys ruined it. What happens at a training, at rugby league training, when everyone goes round the hat but one player goes inside it? You're going to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Everyone gets punished. Unfortunately, it's the world we live in. Yep. And uh, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later on in relation to player payments and what's going on happening on Monday with players arriving. One thing I am concerned about when we get back to the biosecurity is we've talked about the testing protocols. I've been The last few days I've been talking to some very well-researched and articulate and far more articulate and intelligent than what I am. A, a very good friend of mine is a professor. He's been on our, yep. our show before, Professor Chris McClellan um, in human sciences. And um, and he, he's he got some real concerns and he's explained it to me. And he took me back to the Gold Coast Titans when we were there in 2007, 2008. And we, we were well ahead of a lot of clubs when it came to testing. It was We had saliva testing, autoimmune testing, which can tell you whether you're going to get sick inside 72 hours. Yeah, wow. And then we also did the, the blood testing where prick the finger or the earlobe and then you can get a result back in a really quick time about how your immune system is looking and after about the players loved it we did it every three or four days but after about third week their fingers were all dead 
the, their fingers were hurting, their ears were hurting. It became a real annoyance to the playing group. If you're going to ask to do blood testing for the next three to four months, it's going to, it's going to play with the players' minds. And as simple as this may sound, you really need your fingers to catch balls, yep. pass balls, whatever it may be. And they were, the, the ends of their fingers were hurting yeah. on a daily basis. It was affecting their training. So um, I think we've probably got to look at another option when it comes to testing the players on a regular basis to get a really good result. Yeah, right. Um, it's interesting. We will talk about um, we will talk about the money and what what percentage the NRL player is going to get. But I thought Volandi's last night on Nine News made it quite simple. And you know what? I love this man. I I, I think I don't know him from a bar of soap, but from what I'm seeing, he's delivering everything. Um, he's he's saying he's going to do and and you know with the NRL players playing up this week and you know uh, flaunting you know um, isolation laws. Um, he's then have to go back and appease the broadcasters, and now the play. Now he's trying to appease and government the board, bodies and government bodies who are meeting. You know, like who met today, uh, and then and now he's got to try and. It, it's like he's herding sheep. You know, like he gets one and then one disappears, and the players have come out, and he he's come out last night and said, "I'm actually going to guarantee you." 80%. Now, at the moment, they think they're only getting 70 and this is what he had to say on Nine News. We've given an indication to the CEO of the Players Association that we're targeting 80% of their contract, which, which would be a big win for players, um, to only lose 20%. So a player that's on a million dollars will get $800,000. It's pretty simple, isn't it? It is. And, in a, in a, in a, in, and we'll go into it later. In a society at the moment where 1.2 million Aussies have had to apply for job seeker allowance, not mm. job keeper, job seeker. I reckon that's a pretty good deal, and we'll get into that a little bit more. Hey, um, speaking of social media, which has been getting the players into a lot of trouble, um, Craig Bellamy's come out, and he is fired up. He had a Zoom call, and it's great to see that a 60-year-old bloke knows how to <laughs> uh, operate Zoom. Sure, it's probably only one side of his face or his ear you'll see on camera, but he has absolutely let rip at his players this week. Um, he went full tilt, witnesses say. He he was swearing, he was red in the face, and he said, I've had enough of social media. And I've co- obviously, Josh Adokar is a big part of this. She said, I hate to be, I hate to be him going back into camp, I'll tell you what. But he's, he basically swore at them, gave it to them with both barrels and said, when you get back into camp on Monday, social media is banned. I applaud Craig Bellamy for this. Do you know what? There's a really good saying, Jason, I've used it, a number of times on our show, and it's the control you get in any situation depends on your first encounter. And because of this trying time we've gone through, all the players have separated and they're going to be coming into one one isolated space to train again. You're sort of starting again. So he has to, he has to command his position straight away. I mean, he's already got the aura. People know how he operates, but he has to be able to Remind the players who's the boss. Who's the boss again? Because this is the first encounter again for all the playing group and all the coaching staff. They're coming back from uh, having these days off, and so by firing a shot over the bow like he has before they get back on Monday, rather than waiting till Monday, they get to Monday and they are they're full tilt. They're into it straight away. Mm. So for him to come in and say, "There's a few of you guys who are out of control with social media." We're going to ban it as of Monday. And he'll only do that for a short period of time. 
He'll let them get their heads back in place. They'll worry about telling everyone in the outside world what we're doing. We're here as one, mm. one close unit. This is what we're here to achieve. You know, everyone's behind the eight ball, no social media. And then maybe after four weeks, they probably might lift, start lifting some of that. Um, I, I, I think, again, I applaud him what he's done. and I think he's a brilliant coach. And, but that's more a conversation reserved for a teenage kid. And this is the problem. These these guys, particularly the ones getting in trouble, I think Cleary's 21, he's probably the youngest, but the other blokes are in their mid-20s. Mm. You shouldn't need to have conversations with people in their mid-20s about not posting stuff on social media or telling your friends not to post stuff on social media that shouldn't be seen. Because it, it's all about validity now. You know, it's, a, it's about staying current. And it's the world we live in. You and I don't understand it because we, we haven't grown up in this era at that age group. And and I, I'm not ashamed to say it. When I was when I was 21, 22, 23, I was emotionally immature. Like I moved to Sydney when I was 20, and I I I got homesick. I I didn't want to be down there. And people saying, "Oh, sick, you're an adult." But it wasn't until I had a child. And it wasn't when I was 24 when I realised that that I had other priorities in my life and that I had to change my mindset. I had to be a lot more mature about my mm, decisions. Mm. So I'm not saying that these guys need to get away with that because they don't have children, they don't have responsibilities. They live in a completely different world that we do. But rugby league players, or not rugby league players, professional sportsmen and women who live in this, the professional bubble, um, they are emotionally immature. But the only way you're going to remind them is if you keep slapping them. But – it goes back to poor Kent's spray during the week, which is the. It, it was a legendary spray, and I'd be playing this to players every day if I was coaches. Um, I'd be playing at the clubs actually. Stop model coddling these kids or these men, and 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 treat them like adults. You know, it, it's at twenty five years of age, I wasn't immature like that. Mm. I, I just. And most people aren't, mate. And, and again, it's because they're not living in the real world. Do you know, Melbourne were really the pioneers when it came to giving reality checks to your players. Absolutely. What's happened? Well, this will start again. I've got no doubt it'll start again with, with Bellamy mm. because when a new player that goes to Melbourne has got to go through this this fine-tuning stage. This, it's like an initiation stage. You go and work for the council, don't they? You go and work, you go and work digging trenches, trenches and working yeah. as plumbers for yeah. a couple of weeks. Because it reminds you that you've got a really lucky life and you can build a really good life for yourself. And if you don't want to do that, that's fine. Go and get a trade, which is very admirable. But you've got this opportunity. You've got this skill. And we want to go and send you to working with some real Australians yeah. who pay hard-earned money to watch you play rugby league every, every week. Yeah, I think the big difference between players now and, say, the 80s is that they had jobs. You watch a lot of these old reruns on Fox League and it goes, uh, such and such – uh, profession or occupation, plumber. Yeah. So you know, rugby sales league was rep. Part, yeah, yes, they're all you know sales reps. Jace, <laughs> I was I was really fortunate enough to play in the semi-professional days, right, yeah. where I had to work as a as a uh, throughout the day, and I, I used to work for corrective services for three years. So mm. I'd go and work in a prison for for six or seven hours, and then I'd go to training after it, and then the game went full time officially in '97, and so I had a taste of both. Yeah. Wow. And the difference was that when you are full-time, you're surrounded with people who tell you what you want to hear. When you're part-time and you've got to go to work on a Monday after being beaten by 30 and you've had an absolute shocker, is that you go to work and work with a group of colleagues 
who tell you things you don't want to hear, yep. but it gives you the brutal honesty, the brutal truth, and it brings you back to reality. Absolutely. I mean, if you had a bad game, they told you, didn't they? All righty, that's an NRL update. More off the bench to come after this for the best cut equipment, parts, and service. It's our great mates at Hastings during your advantage. You're listening to Off The Bench for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering, your advantage. We're back. This is Off The Bench for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering, your advantage. Welcome back to Off The Bench. You've got Sats and Jason. Happy time on Off The Bench. Get connected with Southern Phone. Amazing new mobile SIM deals are available now from Southern Phone. Great to have you on board, Southern Phone. Let's get into our hot topic, Sats. I'm going to put it to you straight between the eyes. <laughs> Should players just get on with it? We've heard Peter Volandi say he's working towards a 20% pay cut for them, which is good given what's going on in society. As I said earlier, $1.2 million Aussies have now applied for JobSeeker. Think of the greater good and think of everyday Australians who are doing it tough at the moment. You're not any better than them. Should they just get on with it? Well, every Australian has got their own responsibility. So you can't measure up my responsibilities with your responsibilities. However, However, none of us ask for this. No, we we don't. And we are living in an, an not an ideal time, and it's not an ideal circumstance as well, and it's a circumstance that no one has the ability to prepare for. I'm all for unity. I'm all for knowing what the conditions you are you are going to work under, whether it's your salary, whether you're going to be safe when you go to work each each day, each week, whatever it may be. Um, and there are some that have said to me, yeah, but you don't start a job without knowing what you're going to get paid. These guys aren't starting a job. They already started the job. Unfortunately, they've had to stop for a period of time under full pay, mind you, they've mm-hmm. still had seven months of full pay. Mm-hmm. They're going to go into a period where they're going to take, well, Peter Volandis has offered 20% pay cut. You know what, Jace? you and I have had to take pay cuts from our employers a lot more than 40%. So I wish I got offered 20% pay cut mm. and I accepted it um, and I didn't have to have my arm twisted behind my back because I really, I love what I do. And what's the alternative? Exactly. Do you want eighty percent of something or zero percent of nothing. nothing? That's 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 the easiest way to look at it. Clint Newton, the Rugby League Players Association CEO, is coming under a lot of pressure and scrutiny from from those that are in the, the rugby league community saying that he's trying to work against the NRL. What I can try and tell the listeners is that for the first time in a long time the Rugby League Players Association is standing side by side with the NRL having really good robust discussions. And they're discussions that have got a lot of respect surrounded around them with Peter Volandis and, and all the committees that are working together. Clint Newton advised the senior playing group of the NRL that the 80% that is on offer is a very good deal. And my advice is that I think we should take it. It's the playing group from my reports that have now gone back and had their own phone hookup and said no. Led by Cam Smith? Well, well, he's he's in there, mate. He's in there knee deep, isn't he? Well, both he and Blake Green are very close off the right. field from their Melbourne days. Yep. And it's no coincidence that the New Zealand Warriors are where Blake Green plays yes. and Cam Smith is saying, I support their their action about not wanting to come over until they know what is actually going to be put in place from a pay pay situation, from a, a biosecurity situation, um, insurances, all those sorts of things. There are some things you've just got to get on with. Now, I'll, I'll take you back to 
the South Queensland Crushers were running the competition for three years. But in 1996, the second year, and I was a player there, it was at the height of the Super League ARL war. Before a game was even kicked off, we had a meeting two weeks before the season started with our CEO and chairman, and we were told we were not going to get paid that year. We don't have any money. We may be able to pay you something throughout the year, but we don't know what that total is going to be. So what did we do? We put our boots on and went and trained straight after the session. And we turned up every day and we played every week for 26 rounds. And then there was finals. And, and then we ended up getting something at the end of the year. I think it was about 25, 30 cents in the dollar. Now, I, I, just bought, I didn't know that. I just bought my first house. Didn't know where my mortgage payments were going to come from. Luckily, it was semi-professional. I had a job on the outside, yeah. which was permanent part-time. So I think the players, to answer your question, yeah, get on with it. Put your, put your faith in Peter Volandis, who has been player-focused from day one, completely player-focused, and put your faith in him and his committee that they'll get the insurances right. They'll make sure the biosecurity and resources are put in place, and they'll get a paid deal for you that is going to be a lot better than 75% of the Australian working public at the moment. Well said, Sats. That's our hot topic. Amazing new mobile SIM deals available from Southern Phone. We'll get into our performances of the week next. And also, we had a chat yesterday with the great Ray Warren. And we're going to play a bit of that for you shortly. This is Off the Bench. You're listening to Off the Bench. For the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering. Your advantage. We're back. This is Off The Bench for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering, your advantage. Yeah, welcome back to Off The Bench. Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews here. Who gets a mention in our Off The Bench Performance of the Week? Yeah, DIY with Beaumont Tiles and tile.com.au. Radio Sats, who gets your Performer of the Week? My Performer of the Week is Manus Alabashagne. Alabashane. Of course, the uh, Australian cricket um, released their contracted players moving into the next period. And the big winner out of that was Manus Alabashane. And, you know, there are times in sport it's all about opportunity with Smith, Warner, Bancroft down because of Sandpaper Gate. The sport went through a really tough time, but you stand up and you look for someone who is a shining light that we can all attach ourselves to. And this young, fresh kid called Manus Labashane just swept world cricket. And what about the circumstances which he came in? Second innings? Yes. Because Smith got knocked out. Knocked out in the ashes. And he comes in and, and, and makes 40-odd yep. in, the, in his first test match in England against a pretty good bowling attack. And it's like, wow. And then I think it was the next test he made a 50 yep. and then he eventually got to 100. And his performance of the week is that he has been the big winner out of all the oh, Australian yeah. cricketing contracts. So well done. Mate, my performance of the week, I'm a bit, I'm a bit late to the party on this one, if I, if I may be. <laughs> um, James Buster Douglas, the, the world heavyweight champ. Yep. Uh, well, former heavy, world heavyweight champ. Um, I watched the doco 42 to 1 on KO. Great, isn't the it? Other, mate, unbelievable. I didn't know anything about the fight. And I, I'm not a big boxing fan, mm. but I'm just like everyone. I'm just looking for content at the moment. And he took on Mike Tyson in Tokyo. What year was that, Sats? It was yeah, Tyson won the 90, title in 1985. Uh, was it 89? 91. Yeah, okay. It was yep. around around there. Okay, so he's gone and had a fight with him. But the, 
he was known as a person who gave up, wasn't he, Sats? Well, he, he, was, he was not. Yeah, he was known as a, a, a fighter that um, was overweight, didn't train hard, yep. and used to just really fatigue in, in big fights. And when he's when he came out and said, "I'm going to take on Mike Tyson for the world heavyweight championship," even his father said, "Oh no." <laughs> and anyway, his mother went and saw him, and he looked her in the eyes and said, "I'm I'm going to win this." And then sadly, she passed away. What three weeks before? Yeah, 1990, it was. Yeah, yeah, before the fight. And mm. everyone thought, that's the end. Let's call the fight off. And he said, no. Because they were in Tokyo it. and they said, yeah. we've got to go home. Yeah. He said, no. No, we're going to keep going. And uh, the rest is history. One of the best fights. He knocked Tyson out. First time Tyson was ever knocked out as well. First time he was ever beaten. In round 10. He was undefeated. And, and you know, the thing that came out of that was Buster was put down on his backside in round eight. Yes. And everyone thought, that's it. And he no, I'm getting up. And he said, I've got him. Can I tell you a real quick story? Yeah, quickly. The uh, really good there's a really good book called uh, The Greatest Last Ever Great Great Fight, and it's about that fight. And Buster Douglas, renowned for being a bad trainer, it was snowing in Tokyo. He was going for a run. The Tyson trainers were going for a run, and they saw Buster Douglas, six foot three, African American, mm-hmm. running in the distance, and they said, "Let's." get to him, overtake him, crush his confidence leading into the fight. It was three days leading into the fight. Tyson hadn't been training hard at all. He'd been partying with women and alcohol and whatever it may be. Anyway, they tried to catch him, and the the little lone figure, which was Buster Douglas, kept disappearing into the snow. Yeah. It kept pulling away from them, and they went, we're in trouble. Yeah, wow. Mm. Amazing doco. Make sure you check it out. It's on KO. It's called 42 to 1. Right, yeah, yesterday we had the pleasure of speaking to the great Ray Warren, uh, he's part of our chat with him. Pretty amazing guy. The LA Oly- Olympics, 1984. You were with, was it with Channel yeah. 10 at the time? And you were... Yeah, you I was. Were, you were going to call him. What what happened? You didn't go. Mate, I, 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 I've always been uh, transparent on this one. I was um, scared of flying. Um, majorly scared of flying, even though, even though I'd covered a couple of kangaroo tours and World Cups in the 70s and I'd flown... Um, I think I must have hit a couple of rough patches and and I wasn't sure about how I was going to handle doing the studio um, in Los Angeles because I was, I, was, I was, if you like, I was the Bruce McAvaney and my, my offsider was John Newcomb, or supposed to be, with Charles Slade. And um, I remember the boss said to me, about a month or two out from the Olympics, he said, if this doesn't succeed, he said, it'll be your fault. And I, I, <laughs> I didn't need somebody to uh, be geeing me up. I mean, he said, it, he said it to motivate me, really. But 32 sports, and I, I didn't really know much. I wouldn't know the difference between an athlete and a swimmer, you know. But um, uh, that, that on top of the fear of flying, and I pulled out and... That was the start of the end of me um, at Channel 10, and it was the time when that was the time when Rex came across from Channel 7, and they told me I wasn't required anymore, basically. Well, it, it turned out all right. Are you still afraid? You still have some issues with flying, don't you, Rabs? Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, I hate <laughs> it. You know, I I'm the son of a railway man, and uh, I can still I can still hear mum and dad saying as they looked up into the sky. If you were meant to fly, you'd have wings, and don't ever forget it, son. The railway is the safe way. Um, so, um, I, I always had that bred into me. Um, don't trust them, but, but I had to do it to, to realise this dream. And then I, 
I stuffed up by pulling out of LA. It was the biggest mistake I've ever made, I think. Um, and then when I got the second chance, uh, five years later from Channel 9, I, I grabbed it with both hands and, uh, you know, I've even even flown in bloody helicopters and light aircraft and God knows what. But uh, these days I I told them at Channel 9, I, I don't want to fly anymore, so just let me be a sidekick to the other boys, you know. Yeah. Did, did, did you enjoy the calling the swimming? I mean, you do it so well, but... Oh, enjoy that as much as calling yeah. the the, uh, the rugby league and, and other sports. Yeah, you, you see, I I've, I've already touched on the racing thing. You know, I used to love calling races and trots and dogs, and then I and then I got to do swimming, and that was that was all because uh, nine did the com games in Kuala Lumpur, of which I was part of, and. They also had done, prior to that, they'd done com, com games in Auckland in 1990. And it was back then, in in preparation for those games in Auckland, they said, do you think you could call swimming? Because Norman May, um, Norman Army ever had one eye. Um, he was blinded in a freakish accident when he was a kid. And calling the actual event was a problem for him, but actually all his brilliance came with, with what I call co-commentary. And so they they gave me the job of calling the swimming in Auckland, and I loved it. But then in 1998 at Kuala Lumpur, the, the games raided through the roof, and the one that really stuck out uh, as the crowd puller because Kuala Lumpur time was about the same as prime time here, mm. was swimming. And that's when Nine actually bought swimming. And suddenly here I am on the tail end of a career from Kieran Perkins, and then I've got on my plate, I've got Thorpe and Hackett and <laughs> and all of these superstars, yeah. Liesl Jones and, and... Uh, Susie O'Neill, Michael Klim, Jeff Hugel. Uh, I could go on forever, I suppose, but I then had a decade of just absolute uh, wonderment, really, calling the swimming and the football. So you asked me, do I, did I enjoy it? Yeah, I loved it. And uh, we, I think we won, I think we won a Logie. Um, and swimming, believe it or not, people would, would be interested in it. Swimming one year, I think it was 2002, something like that, Six of the top ten television rating shows were swimming. Wow! Coming mm. in from coming in from, I think it was Japan at the time. Yeah. Now on your on your rugby league, Rabs, the 2015 grand final, Broncos and North Queensland Cowboys. Is that the most dramatic finish that you can think of that you've called? I don't know that it was the most dramatic um, because I'll never forget the '99 grand final when. Uh, we had the the penalty try. Um, that was dramatic. Um, that was just, uh, you know, I I couldn't believe that we're sitting there watching a referee listening to the bloke upstairs, and and then basically what he's told is you've got to give a penalty try, and he took the grand final away from St George and, and gave it to Melbourne. That was really, really dramatic. But the most entertaining and the most exciting grand final I've 
had the pleasure of calling was the one you're talking about, 2015. Um, when John, when he hits the uprights uh, with the attempted conversion of the, the felt try, um, and then he pots the field goal after Ben Hunt makes the knock on. I mean, it had everything, 2015. Mm. Yeah. Have you got a favourite so, player? To answer your question, have I had one or have I got one? Have you got a favourite player? Is, is there a player that you've you've always you've always seemed to be your favourite player that's just gone through the ages, or has that changed over time, Rebs? Oh, mate. You see, when I came to Sydney, basically as a kid, um, it was '69, and I, I loved Bob, Bobby Fulton. You know, he was he was. He was my number one player, Bobby Fulton. Um, but over time, you know, I've I've then gone on to see greatness in in many shapes and forms. You know, I, I you know Wally comes to mind. He he dominated at the top level of the game for a decade, eight man of the matches. Um, and then and then Joey comes along, and he's doing things I've never seen before. Um, I saw the Fiddlers and I saw the Dailies, I saw the Langers, I saw the Meningas and Sterling. He's got to get a run there somewhere. And more recently, Slater. Um, you know, you you can tell you can tell uh, when you. I won't say when you're falling in love with somebody because that's the last thing in the world I want to do. But uh, when they touch the ball, I I stand up. Because I sit down to broadcast, but every time somebody like that touches the ball, I stand up. Um, so I give myself up, don't I? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I can't answer with I can't answer with just one name, mate. It's impossible. You've been some wonderful players over the years, Rab. So um, we look like we're going to be back May twenty eight. You you penciled that in. You penciled yeah. some games in for that weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I've got it penciled in, mate. Um, I, 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 you know, you know I've something got to make we it don't know. I, no, no, no. I, I've I've been cutting back um, at my own request. I've been cutting back for the last couple of years since my last contract expired, and the channel has put me on a retention contract so that I, I, I don't know why they did this because I I wouldn't go anywhere else anyway. But they they didn't want me going somewhere else and. They they just retain me to stay with them, um, but I only do an occasional match, really, including including Origin and and the Grand Final, that sort of stuff. Um, uh, but going back to an empty stadium, if if they let me go back to an empty stadium, that won't worry me because I, I've told you the Amco Cup story about crowds mm. being, if you like, non-existent. But if they if they're going to call it from the station. Uh, I'm not quite sure what I'll do because I've never, I've never done that before. And um, the most important part of my preparation is looking at players warming up, uh, strapping, uh, how big, how small, colour of hair, brand of boots. Mm. Uh, numbers aren't that important because when they're running towards you, you can't see the number. So. That by by putting me in the studio, you take away my my freedom mm. to uh, do the most important thing I do before a game, and that's study, study, study when they're out there warming up. 
Yeah. Well, before we let you go, Rabs, and thanks very much for joining us on Sports Day. Have you missed your mate Gus? <laughs> uh, look, I, uh, the, it's the most asked question I think I get um, <laughs> when I'm, if you like, guess when I'm guest speaking. Everybody asks me that question, but look, he, he's a very good friend of mine. Really, he is. Um, uh, he just loves the game. He's been consumed by the game. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, he doesn't leave you wondering what he means. Um, he doesn't mind polarising people. He antagonises me um, beyond belief. But at the end of the day, I love the bloke, and I think he, I think he's brilliant for commercial television. I really do. He's, he he knows when to um, when to be serious. He knows. He knows that it needs some entertainment, therefore it needs a bit of humour. Let's lighten up a little bit. The scoreboard says it's 42 to nil. So he starts talking about seagulls at one end of the ground and they're not at the other. What are they? Why aren't they up the other end as well? Uh, he, brings in, he brings in everything that, um, that you need to, to be a good commercial commentator and he, he's all of that. All right, Ray Warren. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on Sports Day. Today. It, sounds like, it sounds like it sounds like I might not have given you the answer you're thinking you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 we're no. mesmerised, mate. Yeah. Sitting back here, and, and I love having a man on on the air who's so passionate about radio and broadcasting. It's been an absolutely outstanding chat this Arvo Rabs. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Well, it's been my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure because um, you've, you've long been a couple of friends of mine, good friends, and given me a lot of entertainment. So thanks for having me. You're listening to Off The Bench. For the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering, your advantage. We're back. This is Off The Bench. For the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering. Your advantage. Yeah, welcome back to Off the Bench. Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews here. Thanks to Choices Flooring, Floors for Living Sale. Now on, it's time for Off the Record, Sats. Yeah, Off the Record, I um, was received a call from a, a the son of a family friend who was one of the lowest paid players at his NRL club. So he'd be player 29 or 30. So he'd be on the minimum wage of $75,000, $80,000 a year. And he said to me, my young bloke doesn't agree with all this. He wants to go back to training. He wants to play. He can't understand why no one wants to go back and play. He's happy to get 80% on his $80,000 contract. So off the record, it's the players that at the at the lower end of the scale who are not part of this fight. Okay, thanks. That's off the record. Choose flooring. Uh, choices flooring, sorry. Floors for living sale is on now. Enjoy big savings on carpet, hard flooring, blinds and rugs. Before we go, on Off the Bench, what's got us excited across the weekend of sports? Yeah, good to have choices flooring on board too, by the way. All right, mate, we've got about, uh, I don't know, 40 seconds left. What's got you excited? I'm excited about seeing how Rugby League Players Association CEO Clinton Newton handles the current situation over the next four. 48 hours. Can he convince his playing group to accept the 80%? And I'm looking forward to watching Ozark. Uh, Have you seen it yet? Series 3 on oh, Netflix. Oh, mate, the ending. I can't the wait. En- the ending. So what episode are you up to? Um, first episode of this Series 3. Oh, mate, you're so mm. far behind. <laughs> mate, I'm looking forward to more 30 for 30 docos. <laughs> I watched the one last night. 
of the uh, the World Series baseball between the two Bay teams and the earthquake hit half. Oh, I did too, yeah. That was amazing. There's a really good one on 30 for 30. It's called Four Days in October, yeah, one of the best I've that. seen. All right, that's it, guys. This has been Off the Bench for the best cat equipment parts and service. It's Hastings Deering, your advantage. Hope you have a great weekend. See ya. Um, as people are allowed to get out of the house a little bit more, have a great one. We'll uh, catch you next week here on Off the Bench.